Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. We only have a few minutes here, but I, I want to make them important minutes. Uh, I was reading a quote this morning. Actually, it's a fridge bag on my refrigerator. I didn't know that I had it. It's on the side. For some reason this morning I noticed it, and it, it hit me. And it's not a scripture. It's just a saying. It's a quote from, uh, what's his name? Uh, George Bernard Shaw. And he said this. He said, life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. And I thought of that, I thought, well, that's really interesting because it's true. You know, we, we spend so much time internalizing about, well, who am I and what do I really like and what, are I really, what would I be the most happy? When you, in Christ, you begin to find out that everything that you want, everything you want is in Christ, in following him, in worshiping him, your future wife, your future husband, your, your, your house that you want to live in, the job that you want. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things are added to you. And so you craft your life. You craft your life. You create, as George Bernard said, Bernard said you said, you, you create yourself and your personal self. So you don't, do not ever be, I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a minute, but don't ever be limited by what your mind says you're limited to. Because your mind is not guiding your spiritual destiny. Your spirit is. Your spirit is filled with the Holy Spirit affecting your mind, will, and emotions. That's your soul. Your soul is submitted to your spirit. And if your soul is submitted, your body falls in line. Your body starts to do the things that are best for your body and the best for your main maintenance long-term and the best for where you want to be. You, you stay fit. You learn what you get the tools and things that you need in order to move forward in what God's called you to do. It's just a normal process of spiritual flourishing and spiritual maturity. So when I talk about mastering, um, you know, from, uh, from shifting out of the mystical into the mastery has always been one of my dreams. You always want a part of you to stay, well, it always will. When you follow Jesus, there's always mystery. There's always things where you're like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what that was about. I don't know how I got here. I don't know. I don't even know how I made that relationship. You know, I mean, it's just so exciting when God brings something. You know, it only takes one relationship to change, to be a game changer. Joseph is a great example of that in the Bible. You remember Joseph? He was on the run, you know. Uh, he was, uh, he was, uh, uh, he was really on the run. He was deceived by his brothers because he was loved by the father, by his father. And they got jealous. So they, they threw him in a pit. One of them wanted to kill him in the pit. Uh, don't you, aren't you glad you don't have that brother? And then there's another brother saying, I think it was Reuben said, no, 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 no. Let's, you know, he kind of modified it and said, let's sell him as a slave. You know, <laughs> that's a step up from death. And so they sold him to a band of Midianites. We don't know a lot about them, but they sold him pretty quick when they got into Egypt to a guy named Potiphar. Uh, who was uh, uh, a fairly uh, known person in the in the area, and and he he excelled at that. He began to he began to uh, grow in that before the Lord, and he goes through this whole whole experience of life, and, and it's it all goes from you know the what famously has been told is the three Ps. You know, it's 
It's from the, you know, the pit to the prison, uh, pit to Potiphar's house, to the prison, to the palace, right? There you go. You know how to do these acronyms, yeah, palace. And it's true. It is a, it is a micro view of our Christian walk in God that he drew, he, Psalm 18 said that we were drawn out of the pit and put into a broad place because he delighted in us. So he took Joseph out, put him into Potiphar's house, all through uh, nefarious means. He was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, bought by somebody, and is serving as a slave, but he rises up to lead the whole household. But Potiphar and his wife had some issues apparently because Potiphar's wife got eyes on this young man and said, hey, I want it, I want it. And she put the moves on him and he escaped quickly, but she held onto his jacket as he ran out of the house. And so she started screaming and yelling and the police came and the FBI and everyone else started investigating what happened. Look, I have his jacket in my hand. He tried to abuse me. They're like, what? Why would he do that? When Potiphar hears about it, he's incensed, he throws him into prison. In prison, he rises up as the commanding person of the prison of the prisoners. He gets dreams, gets all kinds of insight from God. Somehow in all of this, you throw him in the pit, he rises out of it. You throw him in Potiphar's house, even though he's falsely accused and thrown into prison, he rises out of it. It just took one day. It took a process. He was in there, what, what was it, 13 years, I think. The whole process was 13 years from 17 to 30. And where he's at a place thinking he's been forgotten, no one remembers me, I've been prophesying over people, I helped the, who was it, the butler two years ago. He said he'd remember me when he came into his kingdom. And now he's working for uh, the head of all of Egypt. And yet he's forgotten about me. But then the, the king of Egypt has a dream and can't understand it. And Potiphar, or uh, this, this, this the, the butler, he didn't have a name. The butler says, wait a minute, I remember this guy when I was doing time. And like, he was really good at like interpreting dreams. Bring him up. He brings him up. He interprets the dream, but it's, it's, it's a confounding dream to him. And he doesn't understand it's about some, some fat and skinny cows and some fat and skinny corn, things like that, you know. You ever had that dream? It's frightening. He shares the dream and he goes, tell me what this means. And in a moment, he using, out of the faithfulness of 13 years of being in a wilderness, up, down, up, down, deceived, mistreated, misunderstood, boom, 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 boom. One day, boom, he's shot out of the prison and he's put into second command of all of Egypt. Now think about that. Think about if you're in prison, you have a special, you got your, your, your special skills you have and those uh, special skills all of a sudden in one day take you out of prison and you're vice president. Let's just put you vice president, okay? You're vice president of the country. You're put into second in command of the whole country. Everywhere you go, everywhere your chariot goes, people need to bow to you. Not that that's necessary, but hey, it was a cool side thing. And in a day, he goes out of the prison into the palace. And you know, it is such a picture of the kingdom of God. If you stay faithful, you trust in God, you're patient. Everyone say patient. Patience. 
patient, so hard. I talked about it last week. So let's go right now to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter um, six, Hebrews chapter six. We're moving into a day, as you know, I, I periodically over the past two years have been talking a little bit about AI. AI is artificial intelligence. I'm talking about it because it is going to be a, uh, a disruptor in everyone's life in this room. Kind of like Y2K was, only worse. <laughs> kind of like the internet. You know, back in, uh, when was it? Early 90s that it really became public, mid-90s, I think it was. Somewhere around in 94, 95, something coinciding with the Toronto Blessing, I know that. The internet came out just like Gutenberg's printing machine came out the same time as Martin Luther. He needed stuff to be printed. And all of a sudden, boom, God moves upon a printer. He creates a machine that begins mass distribution. And uh, the two things of the secular culture, sacred culture come together in such powerful ways that advances the kingdom of God. So the internet uh, had a good and a bad side to it. It's the number one place that people see pornography. That's part of the bad side of it. But it also has become an amazing tool for the gospel worldwide. So AI is coming out. AI, uh, you know, as I've gone as deep as I can too with this, the abilities I have to understand and and have time to look it up and figure it out. And what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about it is that it's going to be the shock that no one uh, saw coming. And it's going to impact us in very powerful ways. It's going to cause many people to lose their faith because it's going to dissolve mindsets. It's going to affect all knowledge worldwide because for the first time in history, there will actually be... Uh, somewhat animated uh, intelligence that will know more than we know or could ever imagine to know. That in minutes, uh, it can put together things that, uh, it can help you write a book that would have taken you six to nine to 12 months. But because you have a few notes or a few videos, boom, it comes together an amazing presentation with world-class original art <laughs> attached to it. I mean, the world of literature and things, it's gonna blow up. It's still gonna be here, but it's gonna blow up in amazing ways. It's gonna be so much more beautiful. It's gonna be, it's gonna be so almost overdone, you know. Uh, and AI is gonna challenge us. And of course, I've been listening to Elon Musk and some of his thoughts, who is probably one of the most intelligent men in the world regarding these, these things. He's very concerned about it. You know, uh, I think a lot of people should be concerned about begin to pray about that because in strange ways it will disrupt, it will challenge the belief in God. At the same time, it's gonna help evangelism worldwide. So we're gonna see a defining of good versus evil in very strong ways that I think is gonna manifest under the introduction of our uh, uh, artificial intelligence. And so we're moving into a day where doubt is going to govern us if we do not fortify our spirit now. Now, without going into all the details of how that's gonna happen, maybe I will in the days ahead, but it will. And the reason I'm telling you now is because this is kind of before it happens. <laughs> so I'm just giving you wisdom, I think, that we need to get into the word of God daily 
We need to fortify our minds and have the mind of Christ because your mind is about to be challenged. It will be an attack on your mind. The strength of your spirit determines the strength of your mind. Let's say we're all born equal in our minds, which we're not, but let's say we were. The only strength you're gonna have is in the spirit. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, by your spirit, says the Lord. By my spirit, says the Lord. We learn to be spiritual people. We learn to be spiritual people by studying the word of God, knowing the word of God. You know, at the very least, reading the word of God. A daily reading of the word of God. Even if you get up and you say, I don't even remember what I, what I did. There, you, you, are, you are a spiritually intelligent person. And whatever you read, because of your, the gate of your, your eyes and also the gate of your ears, if you want to speak it while you read it, begins to fill your mind with the word of God and your spirit will use that. There is power in just reading the word of God, but it's greater to study it. Study it means that you don't, you don't know how many books are in the Bible. I mean, those are cool, cool things to know. Studying is, is going deep into the word and meditating on it, chewing on the word of God. And as you chew on the word of God, it becomes just like anything that we eat. It becomes inculcated into your your body, your system becomes part of your bones, your blood vessels, all those things. Spiritually, your bones, remember it says, I think it was Psalm 92, your bones will flourish. The greatest flourishing you can have during this season. And by the way, you can flourish during this season when everyone else is in desperation. If you get the word of God into your spirit, deep into your bones, you meditate upon it day and night. I've, I've loved what's been going on in my daughter Ashley's life for the past, I don't know what it is now, eight months or so. We're all of a sudden, just out of the blue, really. Uh, it started kind of when uh, Haley Braun was here a year ago. And then when Benny Hinn came in, Benny Hinn uh, was like the nuclear weapon for spiritual awareness in my daughter's life. And she got this hunger for the word of God that was night and day. She, she, we call and talk, we talk about the word probably hours every week, easily. Maybe multiple hours, probably multiple hours. Dad, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And we go back and forth, back and forth. What she is doing is she is meditating on the word of God. That's what happens when you meditate on the word of God, you start sharing what's, what God is doing in your life. And it's not like, hey, hear what God's doing in my life. It just, it becomes, you, you've grabbed onto this thing and it's shifting who you are. It's crafting your destiny. The word is lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. How can you walk without a lamp and a light at nighttime? It's tough. You're gonna end up with sore, uh, sore shins by walking through that because you're gonna be bumping into everything. You need the light. The light going through what we're gonna go through over the next decade especially there's going to be, I believe we're entering into a time where everything's going to be, it's going to feel 10x. It's going to feel like the goodness of God is going to be 10x, but also evil and the things around us will be 10x. And the challenge of the mind will be ruthless. If, if the pandemic gave you great difficulty in your thinking or your emotions and your hope and your faith, you haven't seen anything yet. It's coming, it's coming fast. And when it hits, you better be ready. And I'm telling like, it's like now. So in Hebrews 6, I want to talk about this because doubt, you know, the old saying, I used to hear this back in the faith movement, back in the, uh, I think, late 70s and 80s. 
You know, doubt, do without. If you doubt, do without. It's kind of true. The Bible's not exactly says that, but it, it infers it over and over again. That when you doubt, when you do not have faith, when faith is not your first engagement, when you face a difficult situation, the gut punch that comes in your life, when faith is not your first engagement, you scramble, you get into fear, you go to plan B immediately. If God's plan A, he, he becomes secondary very quick. Well, you know, if he's not gonna solve this, he's not gonna tell me what to do. I mean, it's been five minutes already. If he's not gonna tell me what to do, then I gotta do it myself. And then we, we create theologies around that. Of course, God expects me to do it. Faith without works is dead. Yeah, but faith brings the works. Works without faith is a waste of time. Faith without works is dead. So you can have all the faith in the world, but if it's not producing, if it's not tangible, if it's not out front, it's not changing your life, it's not bringing flourish, whatever that means in your life, it's not bringing that, it, it's because your, your faith is not engaged to make the glue work. Remember, the do is the glue. That's probably gonna be on my cemetery, my... Uh, uh, Stone, when I, when I pass away. This is what dad always said. The do is the glue. You want this thing to stick, you do it. You want this thing to stick, you lean into it. Leaning in is faith, I said last week. Leaning back is shrinking, according to Hebrews 10, Hebrews 11. Leaning in faith is by faith. The whole chapter in chapter 11 of Hebrews is by faith. By faith. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. By faith, Everyone in the Bible, Jacob, by faith, I mean, Sarah, they're all mentioned there. And at the end, it says basically, and anyone else I miss, by faith, they did these things. By faith, by faith, by faith. Right before that chapter, there are those who are shrinking back, which I, you know, about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I was studying some of this in the Greek and uh, I just came, I, I came up with this, this kind of a word that does not exist, but, the, but it could. And, and so I was thinking about it. I thought the shrinking back was uh, a word of hypostasis. Hypostasis was, was the, the shrinking of something, the dis like a balloon that's being deflated. It's, it's the doubt. When the doubt comes in, it says that the Lord takes no pleasure in it. That's what it says in Hebrews. And then it instantly shifts like, but we are, I love, I love what... Uh, if it was Paul that wrote Hebrews, I love that he says, but we're not those people. That's what he says at the end of Hebrews. I'm gonna tell you, it gives no pleasure to God when you shrink back. Those shrink back will not inherit the promises. But hey, that's not you. And then he goes into Hebrews 11, by faith, by faith, for faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, substance, evidence, substance, evidence. Do is the glue, do is the glue, substance, evidence. You can lean into it and say, I want a motorcycle, I'm gonna get a motorcycle, one day I'm gonna have a motorcycle, but until you go to a motorcycle shop, you ride the motorcycle, you look at the motorcycle, you save money into your bank, you're not gonna get it. Amen. <laughs> you say, well, the Lord will provide. Yeah, you know, what I, you know when I ask for money for the Lord, you know what happens? I get another job. <laughs> I've had so many jobs in my life. I said, Lord, can I just get like a, a free one? Yeah, but there's something, that, there's something attached to money that the Holy Spirit uses to develop spirituality. It says that right in Scripture. You know, uh, how can you deal with spiritual things when you, you can't even deal with mammon? Like mammon is a tutor. 
It shows you where you are in so many ways, how you spend it, how you save it, how you invest it, how you make it. I mean, it's, it speaks to so much. There's probably a book in there somewhere, you know, but it's powerful. So we don't shrink back, we shrink forward. My, I can tell you, my tendency first is to kind of stand back a little bit and look at the situation. Then my faith begins to engage. So obviously I'm not at the like high faith level, you know, I'm like a disciple in the boat that gets out and walks on water. Hey, hey. But then they look and see the wind and the waves and, and they start sinking. I love in The Chosen where Jesus reaches down under the water and pulls, pulls Peter out. You know, it's a powerful, powerful story. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna mess up sometimes. You're gonna fail sometimes, but the Lord is gonna be with there to pull you, pull you out. Hebrews 6, 12 says this. You do not become sluggish, that you do not become sluggish. The verses before that are so powerful. Hey, I got two minutes left. Let, let me read them. Just one second. I brought my uh, weapon of destruction here. The largest Bible I have. It weighs about, feels like 20 pounds, you know. Um, and I know I could have looked it up faster on my phone. But here, Hebrews 6, Paul says, if he's the one who wrote Hebrews, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. So there's salvation. Salvation is the power to do. And the do is the glue. The do will help you stand firm in the day's head because your feet are glued to the promises of God. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and the labor of love which you have shown toward his name. Isn't that, isn't that encouraging? In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you, you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. In what we're gonna experience over these next months and years, you are gonna feel headwinds very strong. There's times you're not gonna lean I mean, you're, you ever been in like a strong wind? I've been in a couple hurricanes. <laughs> and if you're stupid enough to go outside, you know, and, and I'm pretty stupid about those things. If you're stupid enough that going outside, you literally have to lean like this into it. You, you're looking just down below you, hoping you're going in the right direction, but you're, you're making yourself streamline. So it'll blow past you. You stand like this, you're a flat wall. Boom, you're gone. But when you lean in, you become streamlined and you begin to break through the winds that are coming toward you. In the days ahead is exactly what this is talking about. What the diligence to, to the full assurance of hope until the end. So this is a, how to tell you this, this is a struggle, but it says that you do not become sluggish. You know, literally in the Greek, I looked it up this morning just to make sure, it one translation of that word is stupid. I love what Bill Johnson says. Don't do stupid. And so it says, let's, let's use that word there. In each one of you, show the same diligence that you do not become stupid, but imitate. This is literally in the Greek, it's the word mimic. Mimic. Those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith and patience. So some people go, oh, you've been believing for that for years. I'm being patient. I'm completing the assignment of faith 
through patience, through perseverance, you will achieve all that God has for you in life. And so that's why in our corporate worship service here, we practice faith. We speak things out that we're not sure about right now, but we're speaking it out in faith, knowing that, that God hears that, God sees that, that we're, I love even the, even the man in the Bible that said, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's legitimate. Lord, I'm struggling with this. This is a big one, Lord. This is a big challenge. I had a word when I was 10 years old, a prophetic word given over me at age 10 that has not happened yet. Part of it has, but the fullness of it has not happened. So what's that now? That's 50, 56 years. I'm patient. It comes back to me periodically. Now there's times I thought, well, that must not have been a word of the Lord. You ever done that? Because it hasn't happened yet. What's interesting, those that are listed in Hebrews 11, and it said they had faith even though they did not receive the promises that were given to them. Wait, what? So wait, is the journey the destination? Are all those fridge bags and bumper stickers correct? The journey is the destination. There's something right now, there's something about faith. It's not just achieving my goal and getting that Ducati I want or that Porsche. Whatever it is you got way out there, the impossible things, you know, the, the new house or, or a, a, a beautiful man, husband, or not, not a beautiful man, that just doesn't sound right. A handsome man coming into your life, you know? Where is that man with jeans and a t-shirt on, you know? White sneakers, I don't know, whatever, you know. Where, where is that, Lord? I've been believing now for, for like five days, you know. <laughs> Faith and patience, we press through, we endure, we learn to persevere because we know that this is not only just for the fulfillment of something in our lives, it has something to do that is mystical and mysterious, something to do with eternity and what we're doing there. You say, well, forget eternity. I need something now. <laughs> well, see, that's, that's coming into a consciousness of understanding who we really are. And you're gonna realize the moment you come into the presence of the Lord after death, you're gonna realize that your entire life was a small dot on a huge timeline that's moving through outer space. All of humankind, the little planet. I was, you know, I, I listened to an interview this week with William Shatner, Captain Kirk. And uh, he's 92 now. That's hard to believe for me, but anyway. He's 92 years old. And you know, he, he went up into outer space, floated around a little bit. It was 10, 11 minutes, I think. That was all it was. Huge rocket went up there. You know, you'd think the guy who's traveled all over the universe, <laughs> going places where no one else would go, freaked out when he got back off that rocket. Everyone else was champagne, they're popping the corks, you know, woo, William, get some champagne. He was over there, kind of cowered out, and he was weeping. And he said, I couldn't believe it when I saw, when he looked back and saw the earth, he was overwhelmed by it. And I thought, that's what happens. That's what the man who mimicked traveling the universe, now he says he wants to go up again, like before he's 95. He wants to go up in Elon Musk, SpaceX. He's working out or training or whatever he needs to do to get ready for that. But I was inspired by it. I don't know his spiritual content, but I do know this. Man, that's faith. When you're 92 years old, you've, you've gone into outer space in the past two years, and now you're planning on your next trip. That's faith. That's faith. Anyone here 92? What are you doing? 
I mean, you feel the weight of that. I'm 66 and I'm like, come on, wit. Get up and do something. Do something notable. Let's all stand together if we could. Ashley, your flashlight's on. Okay. Lord, thank you, Lord, for this moment. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing worship time today. And thank you for this tribe called Bethel Cleveland. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that they, they endure so much. But Lord, they're keeping their head low. They're pressing through. They're going toward the goal of the high calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. The upward calling in Christ. Whoa. Have faith, have faith. Where, are, where is doubt in your life right now? Just identify that. Have faith. She's going to prophesy over you. Come on over, Jay. Let me prophesy over you. That's what the Lord gave me for you. You can do more than you think. The Bible says it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Number two, walls do not need to contain you. Bible says, with God, I can leap over walls. More opportunities will come. Jeremiah says, I know the thoughts I have for you. Peace, not evil. To give you a future and hope. There's always more opportunities. Next one. I prophesy over you love, joy, and peace. How do I know that? It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's already there. I prophesy over your marriages that they can change. How do I know that? Because the Bible says all things are possible. And that may be one of the greatest challenges of your life is building a lifelong marriage with somebody. Next one, people can change. Next one, your dreams are too limited. The Bible says eyes not seen, ears not heard. Not even entered into the hearts or minds of men what God can do. So it's all possible. His dream may seem smaller, but is more fulfilling. The Bible says, trust in the Lord, lean not to your own understanding. But always acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. You're gonna get what you need, what God has given you. Last, where you are, is where you need to be. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Lord, I bless these people with strength. Lord, you've given us such an amazing group of people that are full of faith, vision, and they have mad skills too. Lord, they just know how to do stuff. They lean into their giftings. They, they're not ashamed. They move in faith, allow their hearts to be expand, explore the unexplorable and achieve great things, Lord. I bless them. I say more, Lord. More, Lord. Mucho mas, Lord. More, Lord, in their lives. Power. Freedom. 
In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com slash give.